0: Welcome to the Crazy Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Violeta Kamińska, and I'm here today with a wonderful guest, Felix Blum, French-born sound artist and sound engineer. He currently works and lives between Mexico, Brazil, and France. He uses sound as a basic material in sound pieces, videos, actions, and installations. His work is focused on listening. It invites us to a different perception of our surroundings. His process is often collaborative working with communities using public space as the context within which he explores and presents his work. He is interested in myths and their contemporary interpretation, in human dialogues both with inhabited natural and urban contexts, in what voices can tell beyond words. His sound pieces have been broadcasted in radios from all over the world. He has been awarded with the Soundscape Prize for his last video piece.
1: Kurupira <inaudible> Kurupira. Creature of the Wood.
0: And the Pierre Schaffer Prize for his work.
1: Los Gritos de Mexico.
0: And there are so many more awards, but I feel embarrassed now to mispronounce all the names. So I'm going to add that you have participated in a lot of international festivals and exhibitions, well, basically all over the world. Well, I'm a huge fan of your work. So thank you for accepting our invitation and being here You know, on our Crazy Bird, adding to a Crazy Bird family.
1: Hi, Crazy Bird. I'm Violeta. Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: I came across your work first time a couple of years ago. And actually, I was looking for sound that I wanted to use. And I remember also I was telling my students that they should look up freesound.org. There was a project we were working on. And I remember I came across your work. And I didn't know much about your work at that time. So I really enjoyed listening to different recordings that you uploaded there. On freesound.org. But then, what also captured my attention and encouraged me to look up more, you know, your work and read more about you and your art practice, when I read this sentence, and I'm going to read it because it's very special and unique. You said, Most of my sounds are in CC. You are free to use them without any conditions. Some stuff in the world should be free. And as the wind and the air, sounds are free. Uh, so you are a poet too, I understand. Because these are the words really. of a poet.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's a sentence I probably wrote maybe 10 years ago. So, uh, But yeah, basically with this sentence, I think I want to first to use the internet uh, of a collaborative project, but free sound is a mostly a collaborative project. And the, of course, there are a lot of collaborative projects on the internet, but I think that's for me important. And then the second thing is that this idea that maybe the sound recorder it uh, is not. I mean, I don't produce anything. I'm just recording sounds and just to try to just. I'm just in between uh, sounds and other ears, so I'm just making the yeah the, the 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 way or the the signal between two different places or between one sound and one uh, ears. So uh, I like the idea that I could disappear. That the sound recorder could uh, disappear, maybe.
0: Wow, oh, you really—you are really a poet. Oh, that was beautiful. One thing you talk about, that one sentence captures a lot, I think you said you wrote it 10 years ago, but this is very relevant to your work today still. And I think how you feel a- yeah. about the sound and way, about your work.
1: Probably free sound became probably the, the beginning of the, I, I, the idea to share something and to not only capture things, because with the act of mm-hmm. sound recording, we are like capturing things. Uh, even if we're not capturing them because they're still uh, still alive. If we take them or if we record them, they're still uh, living in the air or at some point. But uh, for me, that was very strong, the idea to share this recording, to share this, those listening experiences. And uh, it was first only with recordings that I was mostly doing for other projects on some recording, some, some shooting or some uh, documentaries, films, Uh, Where I was recording sound and then sharing the best one on free sound, but slowly this, uh, slowly this uh, the idea to share things became, I think, the starting point of doing then like soundscapes or uh, sound creation, and then later on to make uh, sound installation or to make sound pieces. Uh, But I think in my work it's very important uh, the willing to share something and to share. uh, In my case, mostly a listening experience. So in some way, uh, the free sound and the the act of sharing, it's the beginning of my own or my personal practice.
0: Is there any connection? Of course, there's connection because there's sound. But between the sound engineering part of your life and then the other part of sound installations. Yes. Was your sound engineering also uh, related to... Uh, natural sounds, sounds of nature
1: yeah actually i like to, to consider both as this one and only thing in in latin america and south america uh, we're using the, the name of sonidista which means somebody working with sound and it doesn't mean you're working as a technician or as a sound artist and just working the sound as a material and uh, or like a painter is working with a paint with uh, with paintings and uh, you could be a painter from, from a building or you could be an abstract painter. And so I like this idea to have a relation with uh, material in itself and to try to to take out this frontier between which could be technician, what could be uh, art or not. So uh, I would say that definitely my uh, background as a son engineer is very important for me. And it's very important for, for me to have this double double category of uh, which could be sound art and what could be uh, sound engineering. And I'm very interested what it's in between, which is not really one or not really the other one. So I really like to be uh, yeah, in between these both uh, kind of uh, works and to try to think it as only one. And actually I started studying uh, sound in a, in a film school in, in Belgium. I mean, first in France and then in Belgium. And I start working a lot mostly as a sound recorder for documentaries film. And then slowly after the, the years, I start working for uh, radio, for for feature films, and then for uh, video art. And that's how I discover uh, slowly yeah, a lot of other possible use of sound. And uh, lately, actually, uh, in 2012, that's when I start to do the first sound creation, which was like a soundscape, uh, like a small piece done of field recordings and i start doing sound installation or working more on the installation in itself or going a bit a a, a bit more than just a stereo piece uh, five years ago more or less in 2015 so it's uh, everything is kind of new for me and i like to do new things in general i like to do things that i've not done before and to yeah to try to use the, the sound as a material but maybe it's more more about listening, actually, not that much about sound, but more more about listening. And I think listening could, of course, it go more than just uh, sound recording or field recording. The so act of listening doesn't need anything; in just need two ears or even one. But uh, the listening experience could go uh, further than sound too. Uh, you, you you the listening can be to understand to, to try to yeah to try to to connect with what you're listening to, or to try to to listen to consider uh, which which is uh, around us, or some people living close to us, or some uh, beings being there. Uh, so I like the idea of yeah of this idea of listening.
0: And you often I I noticed in your biography or uh, different. Digital platforms when your work is published and there's a little bit of information of you. You often put one of the things you put a listener. Yeah. When you describe yourself, a listener. Yeah, you yeah. don't say you know the first thing you don't say a sound recorder. You say a listener.
1: I came to listening uh, through the sound recording. Eh? I, I came to listening and to actually to the sound. I came to through the through my studies. Uh, probably it was there since the beginning, but I wasn't uh, so. I mean, I didn't uh, realize. And uh, what's very nice about listening is that we are all listening, even if we don't want to, uh, we are listening. So most of the time, or a lot of time, we don't uh, take it in consideration, or we don't uh, uh, describe ourselves as listeners, but we are all the time. And I like the, really like the idea that before you make a recording, before you want to share something, before you want to capture something, you first have to to listen and just to, yeah. To, to see what you're listening because we could think that everybody is listening the same way because and you're in a place and you all listening to the same place but actually our brain is always thinking off some sounds that we don't need or that we don't feel it's uh, important or useful so we're all the time uh, listening some sounds and uh, taking out some other sounds and uh, that's that was something I'm really interested in oh. Or we are listening to the spaces, or we are uh, reacting, or we are in communication or in dialogue with the spaces we are, we are in. And how it goes through the, this listening, uh, this, yeah, this act of listening or this uh, listener experience.
0: You say that you are interested in myths. And their contemporary interpretation. Where does this interest come from?
1: Well, uh, I'm not sure. Actually, in most of my interest, um, that's something I can disco- discover afterwards. Uh, when I see the recordings I've done, when I see the pieces I've done, I can see, oh, that's true. That's a few times, for example, I've been recording voices. I've been recording people screaming in some different places, and I've been interested by this. But uh, it's it's more hard to know why or uh, why I'm interested in myths. It's, it's more than uh, yeah I'm I start recording things and then I am interested in some and not that much in others and then I try to uh, to to do something with it or to do a piece or or to do videos or to do an installation and then uh, so this interest for me I think I'm interested in, in the in people believing in things uh, believing uh, um, yeah, believing in something, and I think in in Europe or in some part we are we are not live, we're not believing that much in something, and uh, so I, I like the myth for this for the people who, who tell us the myth, at but, uh, but I like I like the myth too because uh, I think if most of them have, the, have a reason to be or have a, have a, have a peer for to explain something that. Uh, that we couldn't explain uh, or we couldn't accept, maybe for sometimes. So I think there is uh, a lot of times there is a, a possible reason or a few different reasons to 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 have a myth or a legend or something. And uh, that's mainly in in this video piece I've done. No, it's two years ago. This this one you you mentioned Kurupira uh, Bishodomat or Kurupira Creature of the Wood, which is uh, in a small village in, in the Amazonian rainforest in Brazil, I just arrived there and I, I went. I spent there three weeks, uh, arriving with my microphone and just saying, "Okay, I want to re- record the sound from the from the forest." And then I start uh, spending a lot of time with the people living there, with the inhabitants uh, of the small villages. And um, they start uh, after a, a week of 10 ten days. I start asking them a bit to tell me a bit the the story of the village or their own stories. And that's how this uh, specific uh, legend of the Kurupira appear. And uh, basically, it's it's a small uh, creature which is living in the forest, which could make a sound that, uh, when you listen to the sound, you could get lost. But at the same time, this creature could be like a protector of the forest. And if you're taking too much from the forest, if you're taking too much from, from the animals, then she will uh, get you lost or she will make something to protect. And that's, so that's one of interpretation. Of course, it's not the only one, but I really like this idea that um, the nature could, uh, uh, yeah, could protect herself or that could, uh, that you have to to respect it, basically. And uh, I find it very interesting in a small village where I don't have like ambient, mal, environment, environment, concepts or they're not concerning about uh, yeah, ecology or no, they don't uh, know the names but in some way they are they are taking care about uh, the place where they are living so i find it uh, i found this this myth in specific interesting but in general i find i find it uh, i find myths are interesting What uh, what they can tell, told us told us about about a, a, a culture a place a situation um yeah
0: your work is about community you are very much interested in that and it's it's very obvious from all your installations how much you care about community and also how much you care about places and there is a big story behind it's not just you go to a place and you know you just have an installation going there's a reason i think it's very careful um you give a careful consideration for location and for community in a specific place is that true or am I just yeah, making it up?
1: actually that's something that they came out a bit uh, without knowing but uh, uh, when I start doing some installation uh, a few years ago uh, I was always interested not only for the places not only for a phenomenon or for a sound, but for mostly for the people and all the people are living a place or they are uh, interacting with the sounds uh, coming from around and all in some place, some uh, all this, uh, yeah, their way of uh, producing sound are related to the place or to the sounds from the place. Um, so since the beginning, actually, I, I start, yeah, being interested in the people. And uh, most of the time, when I go to a place, I'm uh, very interested by the people living in uh, for different reasons. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm not sure if I know all the reason, but uh, first I really have the feeling uh, to 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 learn a lot from them and not and to learn a lot from z- their way of listening. And it's not it's not an easy question to answer. Too, if you ask somebody, "Oh, are you listening?" They will, they will say, "Oh, well, I'm listening with my two ears, and I probably listening the same thing as you." So uh, I, I like to, to have this to 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 learn from them on from them listening experience, and it could be so, through, uh, for example, which are the songs that which are important for you, or which are the sounds which make uh, the sound the sonic identity of your place, and so that's how they will slowly uh, learn to me or share with me their way of listening, and um, that's some experience I've done in specific places. Uh, but sometimes I've done it uh, with, for example, with specific people like uh, blind people in some places. And I really had this feeling of uh, being uh, exchanging or, or sharing something. And generally I came with my recorder and make uh, I teach them or I show them how I could record sound or we could use a microphone, uh, basically what, what I know. But uh, they give me or they share with me uh, the way of listening uh, in, in a place or the way... Uh, in this case, in, for blind people, which are the sounds which are interesting or not which uh, and how they are listening. And so that's in general, in most of the places, I'm very interested in this. In, in the relation between the people and the place they are living. Um, and how it could, of course, go uh, through sounds. And then, of course, when I make an installation, I always uh, try to make it for, the, for a specific uh, place. Most of the time, that's the case. And uh, it means to make it for for the for the place, but for the people living there too. Because uh, I know most of the people who are living close to this, specifically if it's a public space installation, uh, they will probably listen to it more than me. And so it's important that uh, I'm not just coming from abroad, coming uh, to put something and just, le- and just living. For me, it's really important to make uh, a communication with people came with a project or with an idea but then the idea will probably change and that's something i really like too in the process when something is surprising me surprising the process and uh, trying to keep the first ideas as open as possible so it became exciting for everybody for me it's not uh, i don't like to write that much a project or to make some a lot of writing about about it i really prefer just to start from an idea of course i do some tests i do some uh, some research but then I, I really like to be as much uh, open as possible to change the project or to go uh, somewhere else and to be open to all the ideas of the people from the from the place uh, and that's something very important for me to so i can still keep surprised uh, by the project and the projects go uh, I, I don't meet. I don't control anymore the project, and the project become from from somebody else or from from a place, and that's something I really enjoy.
0: Talking about projects, location, and community, and your installation that being you know part of it. Two projects really, st- all of them stand out, but two in particular I keep coming back to. And personally, you know, unfortunately, I cannot enjoy them being there and in person. Well, hopefully, one day, but right now it's good enough for me to go to VB or your website and just play it and watch it and these are two one is rains of May that's in Mexico I think right yeah at installation and then the other one is rumors from the sea is yeah. that in Thailand for Benigni? yeah
1: the, the, the second one is in Thailand. I mean the second one has done has been done two years ago and this the one in Mexico has been done just a few months ago uh, it's from this uh, it's called Rain of rains of May because it was done in May. So it's just a few months ago, um, and yeah, both. Imp- I mean, I will start with the one in Thailand, which was uh, done two years ago, uh, almost two years ago, for the for the Biennale of Thailand. Uh, and actually, they invite me to to propose a project for the for the, the Tha- Biennale of Thailand. And uh, first, uh, so the, so the proposal was to make some projects installation. Uh, something in the natural places it could be beaches it could be uh, island or rivers or countryside but it should be in the nature so first I said oh well can I work with sound uh, being in the nature so I will need to have some players or loudspeakers or headphones and so I need to have some energy and to get it maybe by solar panel or something like this so first I was thinking on this and then after a few days of just thinking about it I say okay, if they're inviting me to do something different, maybe I should try to do something really different and to, to start uh, not using uh, recording and not using speakers. And um, of course, as I am more mainly a sound recorder, uh, of course, it was a bit of a challenge for me to, to say, okay, uh, I am I always, I study sound recording, I'm working with recording, but this time I could make a proposal without using any recording. So um <laughs> And that's where I discover the switch, maybe from the sound as to the listening, to the links, or, or maybe the sound not only as a as a physical thing, but maybe as something that could you you can produce. And uh, so basically, the, the one rumors of the sea, um, I start uh, f- uh, the beginning point was uh, I mean in Thailand and as all, all over the world, the sea uh, are uh, grow up uh, growing, and you have. Uh, more and more uh, the sea level is growing and it's uh, taking out a part of the coast of Thailand so a lot of uh, villages has to move uh, away because uh, the the water is coming and then they move and after a few years the water is still coming up and so um, I was surprised, I mean I was interested by this phenomenon and uh, the way they protect themselves or they protect from this coastal erosion is using uh, big uh, bamboos, uh, just uh, like bamboo barriers in the in the middle of the sea, which are there to to break the waves, so they don't uh, take uh, that much of the coast. So um, I find it very interesting as an installation in itself, but at the same time, oh, uh, uh, I mean, the the climate change is such a big issue, such a big problem, and the sea level uprising up, uh, coming up. It's a big, uh, I mean, a world problem, a global problem, and I, I find it very poetic or very uh, very strong. or they can f- uh, start uh, fighting such a problem with just a bamboo or a few bamboo uh, stuck in the in the beach? But of course, if I do it, if because it's it's working, so there is a reason for it. Um, so I start from these bamboo barriers, but I start to think how to make it sound or how to give a sound to this. And so I just uh, decided to use this bo- those bamboo to take them uh, to make them the hole inside and to put a flute on top of it. So it was like 150 uh, bamboo flute, very long, from uh, six meter high. And so uh, the waves were going through the, the bamboo flute and pushing the air inside, which makes sounds uh, from each of the, of the flutes. So uh, the presentation was done in a small village. Uh, and for me, it was important to connect with, with the community and with the people living there. So uh, we, we make a workshop with, uh, with the school and uh, they've done a few of the bamboo flutes which are on top of the, of the bamboo on the installation. We've done a small video too uh, with them, like a short film and a few uh, drawings that they've done about, uh, uh, about the installation and about their, their idea of, um, of how this uh, bamboo flutes could be maybe some, something helping the humans or say, helping humans to fight the, the, this climate change. And so when you went to the, it was like a platform in the middle of this uh, 150 flutes. And so you could listen to the flutes and depending of the waves, it was, it could be like a call, it could be like a a, a, a crying, it could be like singing. And of course, depending of your listening and your interpretation of it. And I really like how it was changing all the time and people was asking when it's the best time to visit the place. And actually, you never know because it depends on the waves. And sometimes the waves are lazy. Sometimes they (laughs) are very angry. And so it was always very different. And uh, I spent, I mean, it was done like 10 days before the opening. And I was spending all the time or even some nights uh, there just listening and listening to the small changes of of the installation. And um, so it was very, yeah. uh, it surprised me, too, because when I uh, start with the project, I didn't know, I mean, nobody really knew how it would sound or what it would uh, really uh, mean for the people there, or it could work or not. So, it was, yeah, surprising, and uh, it was part of the, the Biennale this, those four months. And, um, and uh, yeah, we just had a bit of documentation about what we've done with the children and a small video of the place and some sound recording too uh, and this was for the rumors from the sea for the other one I, yeah mm-hmm.
0: no when i listen to uh, rumors of uh, you know rumors from the sea and i keep going back to it i like to listen to it in the evening yeah and um or sometimes actually midday when i need a break and i sometimes forget you know about it and then i'm like i need a little break and i'm thinking i'm going to listen to that piece and i sit and watch and watch it and it it's like, it's a meditation for me but at the same time i'm watching it i've never really heard whales in real life right. you know only i've heard whales recordings online but um i can't help it but i feel that whales are communicating that's my interpretation that's what i hear when each time. I listen to it and I do feel there's this feeling of nature, but something bigger talking. Well, because this is nature talking, but also that's really when I think of myths and how they the stories yes. come to life. So I feel like a story is being told and I'm just a dumb human in a way. So I can't really decipher the story, but I'm really enjoying hearing it. Yeah. So that's yeah. something that I really... In
1: general, I like that project could, be, could have uh, multiple interpretation, and That you could just go there and just, oh, that sounds uh, uh, curious, or I like it, or something like this. But then you could spend a long time on, on the platform and just listen to the, this concept of flute. And just, yeah, being listening to the flutes, or being listening to the waves, or maybe being listening to the nature in general. And uh, even some people was just arriving on the places, and they saw the sounds were coming from very far away, uh, even if there was a bamboo on them, uh, because a lot of people went there with without being, uh, I mean, without going to listen to a sound installation. that was going there because of fishing or because of uh, seeing the mm-hmm. sunset, or a lot of local peoples. And uh, I like the idea of that. To you listening from very far, or you listening from from the sea, uh, from all the sea, all the ocean is. Um, Maybe in a way saying something and then of course it depends on the interpretation of uh, each one But I I like in this in this specific case when oh listening could be much more than just uh, listening to sounds and all this listening could be uh, Understanding to oh, yeah uh, trying to understand. and it seems
0: very complex in a way So yes, we are listening. So waves are really playing the concerto, but even the flutes were made by community yeah right so that's like everything is so connected so community in a way it's like performance community is really active was actively involved in actually in that installation
1: yeah the community actually and then the people who are building it which were a group of people of uh, local people uh, which of course doesn't really understand what they were doing but then we put the first flute and i was very excited and but the people in, in a way too because i said oh that's what we are doing we're not doing oath we're not we're just putting some flute in the middle and i was there <laughs> as i spent the whole time with them of course i couldn't really communicate with them but it was very strong for me to to just see what they were doing and doing the same thing or putting some flute and then in a way the composition has been done uh been done by them because they choose where to put the flute or maybe it was of course not uh, really chosen but they put it so I like the idea that uh, the composition has been written by the, the locals people and the interpreters are the waves in some way. That's well,
0: fascinating. So now, how about Rains of May? Yeah. That's another one. That's
1: So Rains of th- th- May, th- so it special. was yeah, uh-huh. almost, well, I mean, almost the last one, actually. The last one I really finished uh, as a sound installation because then I've been working on other projects, on future projects, but not... Uh, not on Son's installation. So that's, uh, we could say that's the last one. Um, So it was in a small village in Mexico, in the state of Veracruz. And I was there for a a residency uh, for a few months. Actually, I stayed there uh, almost three and a half months in total, which was for me uh, a lot. In general, I don't stay that much. But uh, I mean, it came out uh, from this uh, COVID crisis too. And uh, actually I learned a lot and I really enjoyed to, the, the idea to spend so much time in one place. So um, basically it's, it finished as a small uh, installation around a tree. It was a tree in the middle of the, um, of the village, uh, of this small village, it's, which is around 200 uh, inhabitants. And uh, you have some drops falling from the, from the branch, from a tree, from the central tree and all the drops are falling so both, so on small uh, metal drums which are uh, on the ground, which are 40, uh, 30, 39 uh, metal drums, which represent uh, each one one year of life of the tree, which is only uh, almost 40 years. And uh, on each one of those, you have the, 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 the year, and then we have some reminding about uh, this year, this specific year. And um, so, uh when so it's an invitation to go uh under the tree and to just uh have a seat and just yeah listen to the drops falling or maybe in, a, in some way listening to the time passing as like it's a tempo each drop is different each uh, metal drum is sounding different so the melody uh, created is always different too um, but at the same time it's the uh, to go in the memory of the tree and to go maybe or to, or to your own memories in some way, and to listen and to, yeah, to listen to your, reco- to your memories, to listen what you're remembering from, from the life of the tree or from your own life. And uh, that's the work I've done. So I came with this first idea to make, uh, at, the, at the beginning it was the idea to, to listen to a tree crying, which is crying and maybe is, uh, to listen to the, is uh, tears falling. But um, then I, uh, of course, I make I had a I, I had I was lucky to have a, a workshop there at the residency, so to be able to make a lot of uh, tests and testing with uh, different uh, things and drums and uh, water and drops and, and this, and then I spend a lot of time with the people uh, from the village, and uh, first to understand what was the possible memory of the tree or what which was uh, the importance of this tree in the middle of the village. At the beginning, most of, a few of them were saying, no, we don't really like this tree. This tree is now very old. Is uh, We should cut it and put a kiosk in, uh, or in, in him. And then slowly uh, uh, we start taking care about the tree. And then at the end, it was very different because uh, the tree was in the middle, but then the, you had all these sounds and we put some lights on it too. So um, so people from the other village were coming uh, under their tree. And so they were very proud about the tree. And in some <laughs> way, the tree became like a bit of uh, somebody. At the beginning, it was like, uh, yeah, and then there was say, thinking, yeah, maybe, I guess the tree is, is happy because there are some people. Or maybe sometimes the tree is not happy, or it became like a, yeah, like a human being. And uh, this was very interesting. And of course, all the, the whole process uh, was very really done. Uh, in this case, I was actually supposed to work with the school there, but because of the COVID crisis, uh, the school were closed. So I just spent my time under the tree and try uh, talking with the people there. It was mostly uh, old people or people just uh, having a rest and just there and chatting uh, under the tree and getting a bit the, the history of the tree. And then I go to a lot of inhabitants, I try to get some recording of the village, uh, of themselves and uh, of the tree. And um, so I like all the memory from the tree became like the collective memory of all the village. But at the same time, this collective don't from some uh, very individual memory sometimes. So you could have one, one year, it was like the 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 water from the river which go come out or one year which was very dry but uh, another year it could be like uh, one of them is uh, at an accident in the and or one of them at like uh, I don't know get married and so you had some very uh, different uh, memories and thinking in the tree and then uh, so I start doing the project and as it was. Uh, this crisis, COVID crisis, I didn't add like a specific day to make the opening, so this was very pleasant too. Because I start one day, I arrive there, I start asking uh, for uh, some tools to one of the neighbors, and then another one uh, give me a hand to uh, take out uh, some of the thing on the on the on the tree, and then we start uh, painting the bench under the tree, and then we another guy come with a tractor to put. Uh, to, put to, to make the ground more flat. And then uh, the guy from the shop uh, make me a specific thing to connect the water. And then the <laughs> other neighbors give the water to, put, uh, to connect it to the, to the tree. And then another one say, oh, we should put a light on the church behind so it looks better. And so we put it. Another one said, okay, let's, why, why shouldn't we uh, project, make a projection of uh, some picture from the history of the village? And that's how we came out. And uh, and then at the it was uh, open during 10 days. And then they were saying, oh, we could, we can not uh, take it out uh, until people uh, leave the place. So sometimes it was midnight and people were still there. Say, so, no, 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 if people come here to see the tree, they have to take their time, they should take their time. And uh, we only can uh, take it off uh, or take the drums out when people are leaving. So it was nice Oh, it became there their installation in in some way and how they get they became proud of the installation, and for me it was very very nice of course as an experience, and um, and yeah and once again I get a bit surprised about the project I couldn't uh, imagine this when I start uh, thinking about this project and that's yeah it was very nice uh, of course I make a lot of friends too and that's something important in general <laughs> in this kind of project, right. and um, yeah it was yeah a, a very beautiful experience.
0: It also sounds like you come to a new place and it sounds like you build trust of the community really quick. Yeah. Because they must, people must really trust you. They they just get on board and then they add even to your ideas. They, they just build. I think people are really proud in general of their land, of their place where they live. And if you show that, obviously you show interest yeah. in their history, in their stories. And I think that's when there's this like opening. Your hearts are open and yeah. people are inviting you into their reality and they trust you.
1: Yeah. I try. Yeah, I think t- you have to to listen. You have to be open. Actually, if you are listening some some people, if you're listening things uh, or you're listening stories, you have to be open to to the other one and just to be receptive. Sometimes we we have the feeling that the listening experience should be passive, like. Uh, but I like the idea to think that listening could be active too, and that when you really have somebody listening to you, that's. Uh, Or listening to something, then you became active, and um, that's what I try to to do with people. Just going there, not to to talk that much, or not uh, to not. I'm not there to teach anything. I'm not just there. I'm just there to to learn a lot and to be exchanging and to yeah to be open in a way. And the project try to be open too. So uh, yeah, that's what I try to do.
0: These are amazing stories. And I know you said earlier that you are not really interested in writing that much because you can, you, you just produce this, you create this wonderful uh, installation that involves actually, it takes so much energy because there's involvement uh, connecting with the community. But I really think that I have a feeling that one day there's there's going to be some more writing involved because it's wonderful to learn more about the project because it's wonderful to see a video and to listen to the sound. But I think the stories are making it even more special, you yeah, know. Yeah. And all those stories, they're, like, they're just like really heartwarming. Yeah. So I can, I imagine that there, there must be writing coming one day. There will well, be writing. Yeah. When
1: I was thinking about talking about writing, it was mostly actually to, to write the project before. I'm not that yeah, I, because sometimes okay. uh, to get funds or to get uh, your project accepted, you have to write a lot to say I will do this, you will do this, and that. Yeah, it's more to,
0: like a proposal. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So I like to make short proposal just starting from ID and then to work on it and then it became something else. Mm-hmm. Then I don't have the feeling I'm very good at writing but then of course I'm sharing my my experiences I'm doing some presentation about the, the work and uh, I'm trying to put a lot of what, what's possible on my website too like the material for example in this case there is a book uh, which was a memory from a, from a tree which was a book done for the tree which was below and now it's in the village the inhabitants are giving it from one to the other, where you have all the picture from the tree and its memories. So year year by year, all the collected information. So I try to put uh, as much as possible different um, uh, documentation of of a project. And once again, I like that you can get the project in 30 seconds. You can just look the video and understand, okay, it's uh, some drops falling, but you could uh, go in the project for one hour and start, Right. going in the idea of the tree and going to or sometime i put some interview or some other picture of the documentation or i try to to put more material so that if people really want they can go through
0: and i watched the tree project rains of may and i read about it what happened to me when i walk i always watch trees because i'm looking for birds in yeah. the trees i know they're sitting somewhere there so what happens Sometimes I think of that story and then I translate it to the tree that I'm looking at. There's no installation there, but I'm just wondering about that tree, about the history and memory. And sometimes I wonder about people standing by the tree and their history. There is an installation, but it doesn't end with that piece. I think it changes our relationship in general with nature. Like overall, we start paying attention. Yeah, I think we're more observant. And like you say, I think it also, we we are more willing. I'm interested in listening. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, there are no words. The tree is not telling me anything, but I can see that if there is wind, I can see the movement of the yeah, tree, yeah. right? So I, I always think that the tree is like happy or miserable. There's lighting, but I'm wondering about the story behind it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that
1: so. We... That's what I try to do actually. It's um, to share the listening experience, but more more than just one specific place, one specific sound piece, or one specific uh, tree. It's yeah to to try to change a bit of the listening experience of the of the people and that this listening could go further than just the moment where they're listening to the to a sound piece or the moment they are in a sound installation. And uh, actually, if if you, you say there is a way maybe to change the, this uh, way of listening, then maybe we don't need any more sound pieces or sound installation. It maybe just about yeah a relation with with our surroundings or the, the nature around us.
0: That might happen, but I don't think it's going to happen soon. So I think you have a lot of work to do.
1: (laughs) Some work, probably.
0: Yes, it's a lot of work. So, Felix, I know you mentioned you know COVID nineteen already affected, have has affected your work and your plans. Are you currently working on some sort of installation, or art piece, and like yeah. what, what, what's coming up?
1: Yeah, uh, so I, I, it has been affecting my plans, but actually, uh, as a lot of things are generally affecting my projects, and actually, I, I'm looking for all the surrounding, all the situation, or some things could affect the project. So uh, in this case, I was very lucky because, I mean, of course, it changed my plans, but it still makes them possible. And it still make like a very nice project, or very or still surprise me. So it was not frustrating in my case, and it was uh, very nice. Uh, then, of course, a few project has been cancelled or postponed for later. I I hope hope that uh, next year it will be possible. But right now, I'm still there's still a project which has been um, confirmed, which will be uh, I'm going in in a week more or less. I'm going to Belgium in the north of Belgium, in the frontier, at the border between Belgium and Holland. And I will make a project, uh, it's a Sun installation too. It will be done in a, in a wood, in a pine wood, in a small village. And uh, the proposal is to install there 12 doors, uh, 12 old doors that we already collect with the neighbors. Uh, there will be standing doors. They won't be between two spaces, but only uh, the door. And uh, if you put your ear on it, you will listen to some sound. Uh, so you could listen to it as you when you're listening to the door of your neighbors, of somebody uh, else. else. And uh, so it's 12 doors in the middle of this uh, pine wood. And all the sounds rec- that we, you will be listening will be done or created by uh, some refugees living in the center uh, close to this, to this village. So the proposal is that each of each of them will make a could be a singing, could be a poetry, it could be a text, it could be a sound creation done of different um, sound. Uh, or, I mean, everybody will be very free of, of of participating and then to propose something. And but the idea is that uh, the people from there, from this uh, village or this small town, will be able to listen to their neighbors in some way these people which most, are mostly invisible in the city because they don't have that much of money, so they're more, most, mostly in the center waiting for some decision of waiting to be uh, re- accepted as refugees. And uh, so it's, yeah, and once again, an invitation of, about listening. And, uh, of course, this is like the starting point, but it will probably become something else. It will be, probably surprise me in some way and uh, I, the idea is to spend there in the refugee center a long time, uh, a few weeks, uh, to, to talk about them, to uh, share them with the microphones, with the sounds. And to, uh, I mean, I already went there to, to just present the project. They were very interested. And uh, so the idea is to be living with them and to share this uh, starting point of the project and then to see how and where uh, we will get. Uh, so the, then the installation will be open at the end of October, and then it's uh, supposed to be a permanent installation. So it will be there for years and, uh, and people can go through the tree and listen to some stories or some sounds and try to yeah to listen to the doors at an entry point to another, uh, some somebody else's uh, story or places or, just to travel through the listening of the door.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that project. Again, another project that sounds wonderful. And uh, hopefully, I don't know about travels on my end, but hopefully I'll be able to see it online eventually, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it will be uh, definitely. I mean, as the other project, I will make some documentation and uh, and share some recording of them and... uh, Maybe we'll making like a small publication too about the project. So uh, we're still working on it, and we still uh, see how it will uh, work with them or not, or what will uh, work. But uh, yeah, there will probably be plenty of ways to to listen to those doors, even if you're not in the wood in Belgium.
0: Well, thank you so much, Felix, for again accepting our invitation and for sharing all those wonderful projects and your the way you know your process, your creative process, and all those wonderful stories. Now, can you tell us where our listeners can find your work and learn more about it?
1: Well, uh, about my projects, I think, I guess the best way is to go on my website, and which is felixbloom.com. And uh, there is a, like a, a selected uh, project, uh, which is around maybe eight or 10 projects, which are more represent- representative in a way from my work. But then you, you have a map where you could just travel to and go to different uh, sound recording, sound pieces and uh, videos. Uh, of course on Vimeo 2 you can find a lot of videos uh, and find a lot of different things from very short video about sound recording and more, more longer video about uh, uh, yeah, like films that have been done or, uh, or small documentation of projects. So I would say, yeah, on my website and on between uh, video, Vimeo, and maybe SoundCloud too, you could find some sound. And as we already mentioned, uh, freesound.org, which is uh, there, it's mostly recordings, uh, uh, sound recordings. But you, you, I try to f- to share the best one, so you could definitely have a, have a, a listen to all those recordings too.
0: And we will definitely share that on our app website. All those links. Thank you very Once much. Once again. Thank you so much and good luck with all the installations and projects. I'm looking forward to listening to a new installation. I always have my rumors from the sea and rains of May, so I will continue enjoying that.
1: Perfect. Many thanks, Violeta. (laughs) Many thanks, Crazy Birds. And uh, yeah, thanks for the invitation.
0: Thank you so much, Felix. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the crazy bird podcast the crazy bird podcast is hosted by Violeta kaminska and matt van rice our guest for this episode was felix bloom you can learn more about felix's work on his website spotify vimeo instagram and twitter we've included those links on our show notes our theme music is inspired by tambourine by french composer François-Joseph Gossec. The improvisation is performed by Agnieszka Kowalik. The sound recording at the end of this episode is a fragment of Felix Blum's sound installation Rains of May. The nature recordings were recorded by Violeta Kamińska. This episode was edited and produced by Violeta Kamińska.